His Morning Crew with Rob, Allison, and Jim. I was at the coffee shop Sunday morning, like I do, because I get up early, earlier than anybody else. So I go there, and I do a little reading, and I just finished up uh, Bob Goff's Everybody Always. I love that book. It's so good. Oh, no, I'm the only one that hasn't read it. Are you serious? Yes. We're going to read it to you. She usually reads things before we do. Yeah. Well, the guy's an incredible world changer. I mean, a literal world changer. Yeah. And one thing he did with his kids, he's like got like 42 kids. Okay, maybe five. When they turn 10, each one of them, they say, hey, where do you want to, I mean, what do you want to see? Or where do you want to go? What do you yeah. And uh, they all came up with somewhere. It doesn't matter where it was. One girl wanted to go to London to have tea. And so he made it happen. Just him and that one child. Oh, I love huh? this idea. I think I saw the artist Plum does this, her family. In fact, one of her daughters just went to Paris. To Paris? You, this girl, Plum? Yeah, that Plum. She's amazing. Yeah, they did the same thing. And, of course, then his her daughter got a little homesick while over there. No way. She wanted to, they had to come home early. She got homesick for mommy, even though she was out with daddy. That's just wrong. My kids won't do that, of course. So I thought, hey, you know, I, that just earlier that week, in fact, after finishing this book, I got word about the fact that uh, my cancer's back. Oh, yay. And uh, so the thing about cancer, it, it, the good thing about cancer is it intensifies your life. You know, and I'm a, I'm a kind of guy who just likes to sit back and let things happen. <laughs> For 61 years so far, and uh, well, this kind of puts a little fire under you. Say, hey, I gotta do something intentionally. So I said, I'm gonna take that idea with my kids, even though they've all been 10 already. But I, I've told them all, but Michael, I haven't told Michael yet. Nobody, nobody told Michael. Michael's as old as he's maybe, in his 20s. Maybe I can get off that. <laughs> no, I was kidding. I said, hey, where do you want to go? Where just you and I will go? Of course, my youngest one right away, Disney World. I said, well, that's more of a family thing. i got to say that for the whole family. We'll go there, son. Settle down. But, you know, I told him to give him some options of where you want to go. And uh, so um, none of them have come up with a complete list, but they're kind of excited. In fact, the little one, he's on. He's trying to find, he's Googling all kinds of stuff, trying to find a places to go. Because really? he doesn't know enough. Yeah, yeah. that's Mason. He's 11 now, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he'll be in November. Are he there any be. destinations you really want to visit that you're kind of hoping they'll choose? Uh, I've never been to Seattle. <laughs> okay, Seattle. Seattle's a good one. I know. I what about put, like Australia? I can't put, or the Himalayas? Shh, they might be listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you hey, know what? wherever they want to go. I'm going to text a couple of them and give them some ideas. Uh, this <laughs> is fun, though. It is. <laughs> It'll be great. Just a little father-child time. That's cool that you're doing that, dude. Where yeah. would you want to go, Rob, if someone said you can go anywhere in the world as long as you have to travel France, with Jim? France. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I, I would do it because Jim is a cool dude. I've known him for exactly. over 25 years. Ooh, I'm only I would, I would, I would do France. Did you say France? Because mm-hmm. I would do that. Cause I, I want, I want to ride the same routes as the Tour de France. Jim, are you up for that? There's coffee shops there. Yeah, he'll sit in a coffee shop. <laughs> go, Rob. Well, go. I'm going over the Alps. <laughs> Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Try it, buy it, what should you do? Why not ask his morning crew? It's a crew review, it's a crew review, it's a crew review. There is morning crew. My name is Chris. I am the founder of Smart Cups. I'm reaching out because a few months ago, your morning show posted a video 
reviewing uh, one of our Smart Cups energy drink line. In the video, you were visibly not satisfied with the flavors of the beverages you tasted. I remember that. I am very sorry. Your initial experience with Smart Cups was below expectations. I hope you take a chance to try these new samples. Oh, yeah. I think we remember this, don't I, we? I do remember this. Smart Cups are eco-friendly cups that have these flavor tabs on the bottom. And when you add water, the tabs dissolve, leaving you with a drink to enjoy. The problem is we didn't really enjoy it. Uh, here's a little flashback. I feel like I have to stir mine. Well, try it. We'll see. Mmm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it must be good for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is horrible. I don't like to be negative, but that is not good. This is what? great. This is what? No. This tastes like medicine. Uh, Jim liked it. Yeah, what's wrong with you two? Jim likes everything. What, so, was, what was the flavor? Do you remember? Do you remember? I uh, no. Asparagus. I wanna, it was I, asparagus. I put it out of my mind. Okay, so as Jim mentioned, Chris, the founder of Smart Cups, sent us this handwritten note. That's really kind of him to reach out like that. He obviously believes in his product very strongly, so I, I'm fine with giving him a second chance. What okay. do you guys think? I'm in. I'm all about second tries. So here we are. Okay, so he sent us the new flavor. It's called Pucker Up Brain Boost, a blend of lemonade and berry flavors. Brain Boost? I don't need, I don't need it. <laughs> no, careful, you don't. Careful. Chris also says that there were two things he noticed in our video. One, you're already drinking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we didn't let our tabs dissolve enough. Rob, that was Rob. Give a little bit longer for that. And he okay. said we may not have added enough water. So we're paying very special attention to those details the second time around. Okay. So we it's been sitting for a while. Yes. About three hours. In our lab. <laughs> In our lab. <laughs> All right. So, Chris, we're giving you a second shot. There you go, buddy. Ah, that's much better. That is better. It's not horrible. <laughs> I, you know, up. I'm serious. I was thinking I'm getting ready for another horrible experience. Yeah. But since we did the prep right. Right. It, it's good. I feel a brain boost. The flavor has improved greatly. Mm. Yay. <laughs> mm. It's not bad. You know, it would be funny if Jim all of a sudden didn't like he it. He didn't like it, and we <laughs> love it. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's your crew review. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Talk about babies. Aww. <laughs> what was that? You don't have to cry, Jim. Is that your baby noise? <laughs> that was my baby excitement. <laughs> all right. Well, we've all heard the most popular baby names of 2017. Jim. No. Frank. For boys, it was Jackson, Jackson, what? Liam, and Noah. And for girls, Sophia, Olivia, and Emma. Aww. Precious. So nice. You know, very solid names. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, but... <laughs> How about the most outrageous names? Allison. These are for <laughs> Jim. Jim. Stop. Jim. Okay. Just what? move on. Okay. Somebody. You're listening. <laughs> Go ahead, Allison. Okay. Hurry up. Okay. Thank you. Some people named their kids after brands like Tesla. You know the fancy the car? car. The Tesla. 130 girls were named Tesla mm. last year. What about Maybelline? Nope. Maybelline. Maybe she's. No, it's not. What? what is she's the trying to come up with a commercial for the <laughs> Maybelline. 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 There, yeah, there you go. go. 20 girls were named Maybelline. Um, okay, not into that. How about sports? ESPN. 12 girls and six boys were named ESPN. What? 
<laughs> That's okay. Um, okay, so what about spirituality? Uh, 75 boys and 55 girls were named Amen. Or, or do you say Amen? 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 It depends. <laughs> My 10 year old, when he was little, used to call it All Men. Aww. <laughs> uh, Gethsemane? You know, like the garden? Uh-huh. Where Jesus prayed, eleven girls were named that. That's a tough okay. one to spell, you guys. That's unique. Um, <laughs> and then some names are wacky, but not super creative. Okay. Twenty-eight boys were named boy. <laughs> oh. Nineteen girls were named girl. <laughs> For real? Yes. Hey, boy. Wow. Interesting. Hey, girl. It? Yeah, that yeah. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Why should be boy man? Boy. Yes. Okay. You'll have to remember that one. Sure. Yeah, for the next child, yes. Okay. So, you know, you know what? This would be interesting to know. Who is the person or someone you know that has a really unique name? Maybe you ran into somebody like that before. You can call and be a part of the conversation. 800-447-7234. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. The conversation about unique names, especially when Allie was talking about some of the baby names that came out last year. Unique names like boy and girl. <laughs> Hello, and brand names, too. Yeah, 18 boys were named Mr. last year. Mr.? Mm-hmm. Mr. Mr.? <laughs> I guess so. It's like the group from the 80s, man. <laughs> Jim ran into somebody with a unique name. Well, actually, they're distant cousins of mine. I don't like to talk about it much, but uh, their names are uh, Buckshot and Shotgun. No way. Are they yeah. twins? No, no. They scared me a little, though. I'm <laughs> sure they did. Yeah. Oh, my word. So, Stephanie's along with us. What about you, Stephanie? You said your daughter? I knew when I was pregnant I was going to name her Emily, but I didn't have a middle name for her. After delivery, when I woke up in recovery and they had the television on, George Brett was on television for something he had done in sports, and I thought, Emily Brett. So I named my daughter Emily Brett. She hated being called Brett. We called her Brett all of her life. She said, I can never find anything with my name on it. Hmm. So a few weeks ago at work, I went to the canteen and found a Coca-Cola bottle with the name Brett on it, spelled just like hers, and I bought it, showed her. You know, even Coca-Cola knows who you are, Brett. <laughs> What'd she say? Uh, well, she loved it, and she has a very successful bakery here in Gaffney called Brett's Bakery. So she's pretty well-known in Gaffney, too, for her fabulous cakes and cupcakes. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Because of the names that people named their kids last year, we started thinking about the most unique names that you've ever run into. I mean, Allison's from Iowa. Mm-hmm. They have normal names in Iowa, evidently. Jessica, Jennifer, Noth- like those kind of things. Nothing unique. <laughs> no. <laughs> but what about you? 800-447-7234. This is Jenny. Jenny's joining the conversation. What, what about the unique name that you know, Jenny? Well, when I worked in a school in South Carolina, there was this little girl, and I'll spell it for you to see if you can tell what it is. Okay. They spell her name A-B-C-D-E. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I want to say acne, but that's not it. No, no, no. Obesity. Obesity. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think of that when you saw it? It was crazy. <laughs> now, how did you try to pronounce it when you saw that? Oh, I had to ask because I had no clue. Yeah, because it's just the first five letters of the alphabet. Yeah, and according to this list of outrageous baby names of 2017, six girls were named obesity. Really? Obesity. 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 I don't know how you, I mean. Uh, she said obesity. Yeah. Isn't that what you said, Jenny? Obesity, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even try. You should see, when you take a look at his radio TV later on Apple TV and Roku, you should see, see Jim trying to figure this out. How do you out. spell it again? <laughs> I'm not going. Rob, Allison, and Jim. But interesting hearing about some of these unique names that people like you have come across throughout the years at 800-447-7234. Allie was sharing earlier about some of these unique names that people named their babies last year. Uh, 25 girls were named Lemon. Lemon. Lemon, like the citrus fruit. Anybody named Orange? That's <laughs> not on the list. Uh, what about people that are named after attitudes, like 38 girls named Vanity? 28 girls named Envy. 32 boys named Brazen. Brazen? Mm-hmm. Jim was named Angry at first, but then they... <laughs> Changed it to awesome. Oh. <laughs> then right. they should. They should. So Crystal's along with us. What about your story, Crystal? Um, it's actually my daughter. Her name is Anakit. A-N-A-K-I. What does it mean? I don't really know what it means. It just has a significance that goes back um, when my husband and I were on our honeymoon in Jamaica. What do you mean? There was a little girl. Well, not little girl. There was a girl there. She was called a playmaker. She kept people entertained at the um, resort that we were at. And we just loved her name. And we ended up finding out at the end of the trip that her name was actually Anna Kay. And but we had already fell in love with the name Anakit, so we decided that when we were had our, when we were going to have our first girl, that we would name her Anakit. That is so cool. I love how you did that. And then it happened on their honeymoon. Yeah. How sweet. That's the same story with my name, Jim. It's so bizarre. <laughs> they went to Jamaica, and there was a dude there that was. There was a gym. There was a gym. Yeah. In Jamaica, is that why your name is spelt? G-Y-M? Yeah. I thought so. His morning crew. Jo had her five-year-old niece at the zoo. Oklahoma Zoo, as a matter of fact. They have this really cool lion exhibit. And so her five-year-old niece had a Simba stuffed animal from the Lion King with her. And so when they went into the uh, exhibit, she's holding the stuffed animal up. And a lioness seemed very intrigued with Simba. So she came up to the glass and followed it as her niece was walking back and forth, even to the point where this lioness started patting her paws up against the glass, trying to get to what she probably thought was her little baby. Oh. Yeah, a little lion. What do you call a lion? Cup. Cup. A little cup. Thank you, Jim. Look he's, at you. He's pretty smart over there, isn't he? Super <laughs> cute to watch. As a matter of fact, we'll post this for you on His Radio TV on the website, Apple TV, Roku, and the His Radio TV app. It is the coolest thing to see this lioness Going after that little, well, not going after, just trying to be nice and gentle with the uh, Simba stuffed animal. I know that glass is like reinforced and all that, but this is kind of scary it's... when an animal slams its body. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't a violent going up against the thing. It was a gentle boof. Yeah, like it was that. a gentle little you know, yeah. just like just yeah. just like a little kitten. Jim would know this with a strong oh, feeling for yes. cats. Yeah, a little kitten going after a ball of yarn. Yeah, yeah. And this Simba looks so real. I could see how the lioness is faked uh, <laughs> out. <laughs> Poor thing needs glasses. Oh, maybe he loves the movie, The Lion King. Yeah, yeah now that's that it. that yeah. makes more sense. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. When you think of the word vulnerability, you kind of think of it as a dark emotion. You know, you're exposed. It's not fun. But it can actually be a display of courage. 
and so I took a step out in vulnerability and I shared a little bit of my testimony recently. And I shared the story of my best friend, Jessica, and how she impacted my faith. My best friend, Jessica, I met her in kindergarten and we were inseparable. We were totally kids of the 80s. We bonded over Barbies and Punky Brewster. And she actually is the one that started inviting me to go to church. So I went to church because of Jessica and because they handed out free cookies every Sunday. So that was fun. And we just had fun being part of a youth group together and just a lot of school activities and things. You see, but Jessica, she passed away suddenly 17 years ago in a car accident when we were, uh, I think, 21 years old. And it was a huge loss in my life. And instead of being a bridesmaid in her wedding, I ended up giving the eulogy at her funeral. Mm. And losing someone you're that close to so early in life really leaves a mark on the rest of your life. And for me, that's meant really trying to enjoy little moments, taking chances, laughing a lot, which we do here on the morning show, cherishing my close friendships. In fact, I just read this morning in my devotional, not a coincidence, I don't believe, the number one contributor to spiritual growth is not sermons, books, or small groups. The number one contributor to spiritual growth is difficult circumstances. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I never would choose to walk through that, losing my best friend, but, you know, I'm also thankful for how it changed the rest of my life and brought me closer to God. How did it bring you closer to God right at that moment? Oh, because I was suddenly felt completely alone in the world. And he specifically said to me, you are not alone. It's that moment when you only have him to trust mm -hmm. and to run to. Absolutely. And how he pulls through is amazing to me. Absolutely. You can watch that whole testimony on the His Radio Facebook page. And I'm really excited because I, I this is just the first one of many of the His Radio team that will be really being vulnerable in these videos and sharing parts of their lives that you may not know about yet. So yeah. There's if, really more to come. If you ever wanted to know about some of the people that you listen to here, like Erica and Brian and Jim Mann and others, mm -hmm. you'll see their stories. They're all incredible. Yeah. They really are. And everybody has a story. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. We're hearing from Tammy who said, you know, I've been down that road of difficult circumstances. What's your story, Tammy? Back in January of 2015, my son was on his way to school and wrecked his car. Mm. He passed away, and I, I spent, I mean, months and months and months looking for just clues around his wreck site because he wrecked like four miles from my house. Nine months to the day, I went out there, and I knew he had had a cell phone with him, and we still hadn't found the cell phone. So nine months to the day that he wrecked, I went out to the wreck site and was looking around, and I actually found this cell phone, which contained one of the last pictures was taken of him. So I feel like it was just really a God thing. Especially nine months to the day. It was like God was saying, exactly. it's going to be okay. You know, when, when you lose someone, and especially a child, you love to have as many pictures as possible, especially ones you had never seen before. So that was like my main goal. I wanted to find any pictures that I hadn't seen of him. And I actually did get to see, get to find a really, really sweet picture of him and a few of his other friends. And it was actually taken like two days before. More than just pretty voices. This is a big day in my family. My son is launching his lemonade stand this oh, afternoon. Nice. Oh, nice. Hopefully you guys can stop by. How much? 
Can you give us a coupon? <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. He is so pumped. He's imagining having to direct traffic. He also wants a drive through so I'm trying to work <laughs> that out. How am I going to give him a drive through It's so cute. Our, but, you know, lately, our young entrepreneurs have been under attack. You know, have you been following all this about the lemonade stands getting shut down? So I'm a little nervous. The whole permit thing. I know. But this story is kind of a twist on that. 13-year-old Waquan Faulkner, he set up a hot dog stand outside his home and someone complained to the Department of Health. But instead of just shutting this kid down, city officials helped him get the proper permits so that he could keep running his business. I pay me and my uncle and my cousin. Here you go. Thank you, sir. But before I do any of that, I pay tax. Yeah, he just says it's something he enjoys doing. Uh, health inspectors, they even pitched in to help him pay his $87 permit. Did I hear an adding machine? Yeah, he's got like a cash register. No. He's got a line. People in his neighborhood want these hot dogs. That's pretty cool. <laughs> he's meeting a need. Uh, he works since it's summertime. He works four-hour days from 11 to 3. And he says he spends his free time thinking about what's next. Good for Jaquan. He's dreaming. Yeah. I love it. Wow, he has an actual cash register out there with the drawers right now. That's amazing. <laughs> the old-fashioned kind. You know, yeah. the type you grew up with. Yeah, I still have one at the house. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Rob, Allison, and Jim. If you don't know, already, Jim and our producer has a really strong feeling for cats. And so we are privileged, we are honored to have another cat story from Uncle Jim. Well, this is a beauty. Uh, Lauren Taylor lives in Oregon. You've heard of Oregon. Yes. It's a state, not a country. And uh, she came home once to find a wild uh, cat, not a domestic, but a wild cat sleeping behind her sofa. So, uh, isn't that isn't that a great story? <laughs> Actually, this little cat was a mountain lion. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, that changes perspective. Exactly. It's not like you go, shoo, get out of here. No, no, you don't want to confront this cat. Wherever it wants to sleep, it will sleep. But, uh, of course, she she, she is one who apparently uh, lives in the woods and is one with nature. So she left her door open. Yeah, first of all, it's not like there's a, you know, a crack in the wall or a little hole where a mountain lion can come in. Okay, so she obviously leaves doors open and stuff like that. But... Uh, and she got these ancient drum people to come in and do this drumming. <laughs> drum beat is supposed to do something to cats. And then, and she kind of spoke to it through her eyes. What? <laughs> the story gets really weird. Bro. Uh, yeah. And it, it, she calmed the cat down and the drums, the cat just walked out of the house. That's how she got rid of it. Drums. Huh. Drums and looking at the cat with a certain look. Thing. This is the most bizarre cat story I've hey, ever heard of. I, I just, I'm trying to, you know. Well, I will everybody. say, Jim, you looking at me like that makes me want to leave. leave. <laughs> yeah, I don't have that uh, cat. You're pretty good at it. Uh, it's called creepy. <laughs> oh, I got that. <laughs> what kind of cat hangs out in your house? House cat. What kind of cat hangs out in the alley? Alley cat. What kind of cat is a chocolate candy bar? Hey, cat. Yeah. What kind of cat are you? What kind of cat are you? 
Tell me, tell me true. What kind of cat are you? I'll give you those clues. What kind of cat are you? Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. People in the UK love their horses. And they're very serious about their horse competitions. So when Wallace the Mule tried to enter a famous dressage competition, there was a bit of an uproar. He was told that only ponies and horses may enter. And in case you're not familiar, a mule is a cross between a donkey and a horse. So Wallace, though, is no stranger to adversity. He was found abandoned in Ireland. He was walking around a village and the people there kind of started to love him. And so they put out hay at the bus stops for Wallace the Mule. And eventually he was rescued and he was brought to England. He was trained to be a dressage star. Doesn't it sound like a a Disney movie plot? It does. does. I'm looking forward to it. So his owner fought the good fight (laughs) and said, Wallace the Mule should be allowed to compete and what do you know, they changed the rules. Not sure if the other 10 were overly happy about being beaten by a mule, but his heart's there and his brain's there too. He's great fun. He is an award winner. Look at that Wallace breaking through all these glass ceilings. He actually won? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> and he got the rules changed. Look at that. I'm Wallace, and I've always wanted to be in the horse competition. Is that him? I could see the movie now. <laughs> I know, can't should, you? Should it be an animated movie or like, mm. you know, live action? Live action, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you'll be in it, Rob, right? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Little cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be the jockey. Yes. Oh, no, <laughs> on you're Wallace. the evil judge that tells him he's... he's yeah, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, easy. No competition for you. <laughs> oh, but I've always wanted to be in a competition. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no competition for you. Where's this? And you're no. the wise old man that works in the stable. Well, then there's no acting the there. Talk. Mm-hmm. That's right. There's no acting. Oh, my word. More than just pretty voices. You've heard the term millennials. Rob, I don't know if you have or not. Are you a millennial? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Uh, Allison is almost a millennial. I'm like six months away yeah. from being a millennial. And I'm still a millennial. <laughs> you have some millennials, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I have one. One, You're, okay. Yes. Are you the baby boomer or the one above that? Baby boomer. Okay. He's the greatest generation. That's right. You're so great. Right. The one who started all the good music and then... <laughs> It just stopped for a Okay, move on. <laughs> well, anyway, oh there's a. He sounds like an old man when he <laughs> starts talking. Yeah, like yeah, the whole music thing, you know, yeah. Back in my day. Yeah, I'd tell you about the time. <laughs> we had okay. swing music back then. What? The big band. There's a sport that we started called baseball. That's true, because that was the 1800s. Yes. And there's a minor league uh, in uh, Montgomery Biscuits. They sound dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> They'll but fatten you up. Very intimidating. Yeah, well, it's just gravy. They had, a, uh, they had a millennial night. You know, it was just kind of a light humor thing, and they had avocado burgers and selfie stations. And nice. <laughs> napping areas, which, you know, my generation likes that one. And participation ribbons. Everybody got a participation ribbon? Yes. That's funny. You know, something that we make fun with millennials for lightheartedly, of course. Right. Yeah. Of course. Well, it kind of backfired on them because millennials, they got a little upset about that. So apparently they forgot the uh, the uh, sensitivity stations. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I threw that out myself. So don't get mad at the, the ball team. 
But anyway, the Mike Murphy, who's VP of Van and fan engagement. I guess it was kind of his idea. He doesn't understand why they're upset. 80% of the people in our front office are millennials, myself included, and uh, we're just having some fun with some of the cliches that people point out about millennials. More than targeting millennials, it's sort of targeting older generations who like to make fun of millennials and like to say that millennials don't like working and don't really like uh, caring for themselves. <laughs> Yes, we forgot they were sensitive. So. You did. I'm just kidding. Hey, my wife's business, she hires nothing but millennials. And you eat a lot of avocado toast. It's like your favorite thing, mm, isn't it? It's, yeah. And you take naps. Take selfies mm -hmm. eating and the avocado. Is he a millennial in It almost sounds like it. Maybe he's ahead of his time mm -hmm. by a couple of generations. I wear skinny jeans. Is that millennial? <laughs> okay, now I'm going to lose my <laughs> breakfast.